Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Hi church, um, welcome again. Uh, wonderful worship um, and thanking God for the heart that he has given us um, to stand in the gap for the nations um, and also to always remember our brothers and sisters who have been persecuted for their faith. Now, uh, today is a bit different. I'm not preaching a sermon as I would have done. Um, if, you, if you really think about it, from the, from the month of May, uh, we've been on this journey into God's promises. Um, I'm sure you, you didn't realize it's been that far back, the month of May. Um, and so today, what we're going to do um, to bring great, greater, greater clarity, um, to make sure that we're heading in the right direction, we're going to do a question and answer session. Basically, I'm going to answer questions that you ask. So, um, any questions uh, in relation to the sermons that have been preached um, from me as we've journeyed into God's promises? There might be particular sermons that you thought, you know what, um, I, I wish I had a one-to-one -one with him and I would have asked him to answer this question. We'll give it a shot in terms of answering it. I'm sure the Holy Spirit will help us um, and hopefully it will be a blessing to uh, not just you uh, asking the question, but to others. So please um, go ahead and start to post those questions on the chats. Um, and you can post them until we finish, but you can start posting them now. Um, today is Remembrance Sunday, and um, prayed for members of our, our armed forces community who died uh, in, the first, in the First World War and the Second World War and other conflicts that sadly have arisen in the world since the Second World War. I also prayed for civilians who died in these conflicts and also for those who have lost their lives, the families of those who have lost their lives as a result of terrorism. And we just want to remember them. We want to remember especially the gallant men and women who have paid the ultimate price to protect the integrity of this nation, the borders of this nation, um, and to preserve peace in this nation, um, from this nation and from the Commonwealth, uh, who fought in both wars and other conflicts. Uh, we want to remember their families, their loved ones. Um, we want to remember civilians who died as a result of this co these conflicts. Um, and those who might have lost their lives um, as a result of uh, terrorist activity um, um, that has taken place sadly and led to the loss of life. So please let's do remember them. Uh, our plans with regards to going back to church have of course changed because uh, the government has decided that as a nation we have entered a second lockdown, uh, started on Thursday. But if, if it doesn't change, we're ready for the lockdown. Um, the church won't be locked down as we have seen. We will continue to do what we do and God will continue to do what he does. Hallelujah. Amen. So we're going to get into the questions. Um, okay, first question. Um, let's kick off with this. Uh, morning, Pastor. You've spent a lot of time talking about promises. How do I keep believing for a promise that seems to be taking years? Do I even know that it will still happen? Well, I, I can't give you an iron cast guarantee myself. I can only encourage you along certain lines. Number one, if God said it, then God will bring it to pass. Um, a scripture that I would love you to hold dear in your heart uh, is the scripture from Numbers 23 verse 19. Hold that dearly in your heart. Uh, this, that scripture says, my paraphrase, um, that, that God is not a man that he should lie, nor, or it's the son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said it? Will he not do it? Has he spoken it? And will he not make it good, bring it to pass? So hold that scripture if God said that to you. And just be encouraged uh, and, and stand strong. And yes, 
we go through ups and downs, but that's the joy of, that's the beauty of having the Holy Spirit with us and also having a good community around you uh, of fellow believers that can encourage you on this journey. Um, that was uh, the patriarch of our faith, um, Abraham, uh, went through the same thing uh, and just was encouraged. And then thirdly also, encourage yourself in the Word of God. You know, always look for the Word of God to encourage you. And lastly, let people's testimonies also encourage you. So that question, if you're out there and that is you, uh, I'm saying be encouraged. Uh, as long as God said it, he will bring it to pass. Okay, what led you to start the journey into God's promises? Now, that's a, an interesting one. I think a combination of factors. I think a conversation I was having with um, Pastor Gandhi, and everyone knows my relationship with him. We talk every single day, um, sometimes a few times a day, and sometimes for a couple of hours. Um, and we were talking about the Bible, and we started talking about uh, uh, what, what I'm going to end with. And someone might be asking, when is this going to end? I'll tell you when it's going to end. It's going to, end at, it's going to come to an end at the end of this year, and for 2021, the, the first Sunday of 2021, prophetically, you will be entering every promise that God has for you. So, conversation with Pastor Gandhi, we're talking about it, talking about the whole thing around Jericho um, and, and the walls coming down, um, and he was preaching a sermon on it, so I, 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 after we talked about it, I went and read it, um, and I thought, I'm going to share this. It's just exciting. But then it led me to go back to read where the promise was initially made that they will go uh, into God's promises. And that's how it started. Um, I never knew it would take this long. Um, but I've enjoyed it. I hope in some way you have enjoyed it as well. Okay, Black Shadow. Um, interesting nickname. Uh, good morning. Looking at all the atrocities that have been prevalent throughout history, how can we continue to trust that God will hear our prayers? I ask this in a sense that human beings seem to suffer exponentially. Well, the, 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 the atrocities and the tragedies, the, the things we see in, the, in this world are largely as a result of sin. And we must understand that. We must understand that the world was perfect uh, in the Garden of Eden, and when man rebelled, our parents rebelled, Adam and Eve, they introduced negativity, negative emotions, and sin into the world. And the, what we see is the result of sin. Now, that's why Christ provides a haven for us. We give our lives to Christ. We come under the covering of God. Um, we are guaranteed our future with him in eternity and we receive grace from him to deal with the dysfunctions that exist in this world as a result of sin. Um, and that's, that's our lot as Christians. It doesn't mean that we won't go through trials, we won't, we won't go through difficulties as a result of the, sinful, the sinfulness that has created disorder, but it means that, like the Hebrew boys, uh, there will always be a fourth man in the fire, with us, and, and that is Christ. Um, so that, that's my encouragement to you. Pastor, you spoke about the failure of leadership when you spoke about Aaron and the golden calf. Sometimes it seems as though there are few examples of good leaders for us young people to follow. What do we do? Well, you are right. Uh, it, it, uh, sadly, in this, the, the way the world is, there are very few relative to the numbers in the world of good leaders uh, that are good examples for any, any of us, younger or older, to follow. That is the sad case. I'm hopeful that as we, as we intentionally disciple people to be kingdom citizens, and that's different from attending a church and um, hoping for a blessing, it's really following the Bible to become a kingdom citizen. Kingdom citizens will always make good leaders, that we will get a lot more leaders rising up. But what do I say to a young person who's saying there are few examples? I'm saying find the examples that are there. 
um, and, and, and let those examples be an encouragement to you. I would be saying to the young person, you also purpose that you are going to be um, a good leader. And wherever you have been planted, you already have the opportunity to lead. Every one of us is a leader in, in, in some sphere. Well, start doing it right from there. And ultimately, I would say to that young person, we have a role model in Jesus. Uh, we, we follow him. We follow his leadership style. Uh, and he is our ultimate role model. So even if there's no other example in the world, I have the example of Jesus. But there are good examples that we can look to and we can follow. Um, from JHTV, in this pandemic, some of us have lost loved ones unexpectedly. How do we move on after the death of someone we loved so much? Well, firstly, um, my, heart, my heart and my prayers go out to everyone, um, especially in this congregation, uh, and we know, we know, um, we know you all um, because we have interfaced with you uh, through this pandemic who have lost loved ones. Um, um, my heart really goes out to you. Uh, qu uh, quite a few of us have lost uh, parents, um, loved, loved, loved ones um, during this pandemic. And really my heart goes out to you because um, one of the most difficult things to deal with is the loss of a loved one. And I, I don't speak from head knowledge. I've been there myself, um, where you plan to live out the rest of your life with someone. You have dreams and hopes and aspirations. And then it all seems to come to a crashing halt. Uh, it's, all, it's all shattered. You hope that your, your father or mother will be there for your grandchildren, um, and be there for the special moments in your life or, or their lives, or, you know, and it just suddenly crashes to a halt. Um, it might be a spouse, and sadly sometimes it's a child. It, it's a devastating thing uh, to deal with, uh, the grief that comes as a result of that. But, like I say to people all the time, uh, if life and death is in God's hands, then if he took someone you loved but left you here, the, clear, the message is clear. Your assignment is not finished. Your life is not over. He still has loads for you to do. And so you must deal with the grief in the proper way. And there is a, a, a way to deal with grief. Incidentally, I'm doing a podcast that will be out in a few weeks on the whole process of grief. It's a four-part podcast. I felt to do it out of my own experience and to help others who are going through it. There is a, a way to deal with grief, uh, to grieve in the proper way uh, that the Bible encourages us as Christians to. But it is critical to, to, of course, in that process, receive help from the Spirit of God. You can't do it on your own. Receive encouragement from the Word of God. Receive encouragement from a community that is around you. And, and thank God for the JH community. Um, I experience the, the strength of that community myself, and we have been there for others who have gone through the same thing. But it is critical that you must not allow the enemy to, in a sense, take advantage of what you have suffered to ruin the rest of your life. And unfortunately, I've seen that many times, where people have not been able to get over it. Um, and the whole grace of God is that you must get over it. Uh, Psalms 30 verse 5, where the latter part, weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Uh, there's the season to grieve, but then there's the season to put what has happened in perspective, in the perspective of God being in absolute control, God allowing it to happen, because he did Lamentations 3 verse 37, and God intending that you should move on with your life whilst keeping the memory of that person alive. Otherwise, the enemy plays this, this, this nasty game that I have seen, where he traps people in the past and they can't go forward. Uh, time is going, they can't move on with their life. The shadow of the past overshadows their, their present and truncates their future. And that is satanic, um, really, because we must be able to move on because we must give an account, but at the same time cherish the memory and put the memory in perspective, submitting to the will of God. That's what I would say with regards to that, in encouraging people to weep in endures for a night, but joy must come in the morning. That, that, that's what I would say. Okay, are God's promises iron cast guaranteed? 
Um, this is from Font on GHTV. Moses was to take the children of Israel to the promised land, but Moses did something, and God said he would not go into the promised land. Fantastic question. I think that in everything we do, we must submit to the overall sovereignty of God. Um, I think if there's anything that has been a buffer for me in dealing with life's issues, uh, sometimes the, the, the things in life that hit you head on, it has been that, that I have come to submit to the sovereignty of God, to understand that God sees the end from the beginning, that God knows best, but to also understand that God is who he says, his love for me is unquestionable, he's merciful, he's compassionate, he's full of grace, he's forgiving. Within that overall context, uh, then, um, like the Bible makes clear in Ephesians, the first chapter and the 11th verse, um, I love the Passion translation of that, I can submit myself to God working out his plans and purposes for me. So, yes, it is iron cast, God's promises, within that overall perspective of God's own plans and God's own purposes. Um, that's how I would answer that. Zainab from JHTV. Pastor, if I don't fast, will it affect me getting into heaven? I really do not like fasting. If I decide not to, how will it affect my relationship with God? Fantastic. Three good questions. Um, firstly, will it, will it affect your, your, your getting to heaven? No, it will not affect your getting to heaven. It's not a yardstick of salvation. The only yardstick of salvation is that you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Now, all these other spiritual disciplines, uh, um, the praying, the worship, the fasting, the living right, you know, all those things, they, their role is to, especially the other disciplines of praying, fasting, um, 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 studying the word, live, uh, um, worshiping, their role is to strengthen and deepen your relationship with God, which of course we know that's the whole essence of it. We don't give our lives to remain static. We give our lives and embark on a journey to become closer and closer to God. The ultimate aim is to be formed in the image and likeness of God. So that's why we fast, um, amongst other things, to get closer to God. Sometimes we are led to fast for repentance, um, sometimes we are led to fast because uh, we are praying uh, against something or for something to break or move, and we're led to fast. Um, I, people would say to me, oh, you fast a lot. And I think relative to, uh, um, I do fast a bit. But the truth is that, uh, do I like fasting? I am, I, do I, am I gung-ho for it, looking forward to it? Not really, in the sense that I like my food, I, 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 enjoy, you know, I enjoy that part of life. So fasting for me is a, is, is a necessity. For some people it might have become a delight, but for me it is still a necessity. Um, and there are times when it's tough for me fasting. I mean, we're in the middle of a fast now, uh, and uh, the, the general overseer has called the fast. We're in the middle of the fast, and you know, uh, I, I, I said this in the first service, I'd hope that you know, somebody's not going to pick it up and say the special assistant to the general overseer, the Satbo, you know, he did not fast like we should fast. Well, the truth was that I'm doing my best with the fast, but, you know, a few days ago, you know, I had one of those, 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 those mornings where I was up watching the American election. Now, as they would say in Africa, who sent me to watch this American election all night? I don't know, but I was watching it, and the count wasn't going anywhere. Um, I was up till, like, five, six in the morning, half the time talking to Pastor Gandhi. By eight in the morning, I was tired and I was hungry and we were supposed to be fasting. Well, you know, it, it kind of fell apart at, at, with a big bowl of, of oats, porridge, um, some berries and some honey, and it just tasted fantastic. And I was hoping to finish it before Shola came down, but Shola came down and found me deep in a bowl of porridge and she just cracked up. Uh, and it was one of those days. The next day I continued the fast. So what I'm, I, I guess I tell you that story to say it's not ritualistic, it's not legalistic, but we fast because there are benefits to it. The greatest spiritual growths in my life have occurred when I'm fasting. I've seen amazing benefits to it in my life, in the life of the church as I pray. Um, and when Jesus gave us the foundation for our walk with God, 
he, he talked about prayer, talked about giving, but also talked about fasting. And, and he said, when you fast, it's expected that we will fast and the reward for fasting. Yeah, so be encouraged, you know, get on with it. It, 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 it helps your, your work. And if you have never fasted before, start small, miss, miss a meal. I mean, don't, I mean, I know we talk about the 30 days we do in June, 21 days, no food. Don't worry about that. Just start. Uh, desire is the first step on the journey. Um, Moji uh, says, my son always asks, why didn't God wipe out Adam and Eve? I've told him God has a plan for mankind, but can you add anything to it? <laughs> well, that's, trust a child. Why didn't God wipe out Adam and Eve? Well, I think that uh, Adam and Eve were the first recipients of God's grace and mercy. And I think that was God showing us at the start of creation that this is the kind of God that he is. Of course, he could have wiped out Adam and Eve. And if he had wiped out Adam and Eve, guess what? Then I shouldn't be here and you shouldn't be there because I suspect we've done a bit more than Adam and Eve did. But then he showed them grace and mercy. He, he continues to show us grace and mercy. And for those of us who are 21st century believers, we enter a dimension of grace and mercy, which even Adam, Eve, Moses, Abraham, Elijah, and the rest of them didn't have, in that the price for our own sins has been paid by, by his own son, Jesus, just so that he can continue to love us and continue fellowship with us, which, which is priceless to him. Um, Lola on, on GHTV says, in today's day and age, what advice would you give to women and men who would like to practice celibacy until marriage? How can those who are waiting until marriage still feel reassured that they will not be left behind because they would like to wait before engaging in sexual acts with their partner? Well, you, I, um, I wrote a book called Sex, Lies, and Your Soul. I kind of talk a lot about this um, in, in that book. Um, the, the, the sexual relationship between a man and a woman is really a sac sacred thing, and God has reserved it for the confines of a marriage between a man and a woman. Um, and it's really sacred to God. The Bible talks about the marriage bed not being defiled. Um, now, of course, the enemy wants to uh, desecrate that sacred space, and hence all the pressure that comes uh, uh, with regards to sexual immorality, sexual impurity, um, pushing back the boundaries as far as we can. Um, so the first encouragement uh, to such a person is, is that you, we, want to, we want to please God. Um, we want to do what would please God. Uh, the second encouragement will be that we, we start to understand that there are consequences uh, when we break those boundaries. Um, and we start to understand the consequences, the broken hearts, the soul ties, uh, um, the, the messing up of destinies and futures, amongst other things, not to talk about the physical consequences uh, in terms of our health uh, and our, our well-being, the mental consequences in terms of our mental well-being. Um, when you have to cancel a, a young lady whose heart has been broken uh, because she's given the precious gift of her body to someone who she thought she was going to end up marrying, and the person has you know, taken advantage of that and walked off, then you realize how it can batter your mind mentally. But I must say to you, in today's day and age, it is difficult. The only way it can be done is by the help of the Holy Spirit. So a desire to, and going to the Holy Spirit and asking him to help you to honor God with your body in this way until you come to that place where within the boundaries God has set, you can uh, enjoy those pleasures and, and release yourself to another person um, in that regard. Um, this is Fumi. Um, she says, Pastor, you spoke about the power of words. I have said some negative things about myself and I am concerned about their impact on my future. How can I undo those words? You undo them exactly the way that they were done, which is by speaking. Um, um, so a simple prayer, asking the Spirit of God to help you in that prayer, uh, confessing about what you said, repenting about it, and then um, breaking the impact or influence of those words over you or your family or whoever they were spoken, and then putting in place positive words from the Word of God that directly counter those. And I encourage you to declare those positive words as many times as you can 
speaking those words from the Word of God, and that sorts out those, those situations. Um, from JHTV Sulola, or Sholula, uh, Pastor Agu, thank you so much for taking time to answer my questions. My questions is with regards to sowing. If I remember correctly, you sh shared on how to sow to widows, Jews, and a few more. I would appreciate it if you please mention them again. Okay, um, I remember that I was sharing a bit about my life, that having gone through the Bible, um, I found that, like the Bible makes clear, this world works on this principle of sowing and reaping, and there is a clear thread that tells us that God wants us to have a spirit of generosity. He starts by, of course, making the example of giving his all in his son Jesus and encouraging us to give um, of everything, including our material resources. And so in my search of the Bible, I came across uh, certain categories that the Bible encourages us to sow into. And I remember listing those categories. So, of course, uh, those who are poor, uh, helping them in, in some way uh, with our material resources, sowing into uh, those who are widows and orphans, um, those who are destitute, underprivileged, um, sowing into the lives of those who bless us spiritually. Um, and then, of course, I ended with uh, talking about sowing into uh, Abraham's seed in a natural sense, which, of course, is uh, the Jews. And for me, um, I do that, Shalana, regularly into an organization called Jews for Jesus because I kill two birds with one stone. I fulfill that mandate, um, but then I also fulfill that mandate to uh, a group of Messianic Jews who are not just Jews, but they've accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior and are evangelizing other Jews to do so. Um, so that, those categories uh, are, are categories uh, that I saw into. Um, global hot trends. That's a nice one. Um, from YouTube. Good afternoon, Pastor. I know we always pray for God's will to be done in our lives, but how do we align our wants and desires with God's will? Is it possible that God's will can make us unhappy? Very good question. Yes, how do we align our, our likes and our wants with God's will? Firstly, by, by beginning to understand him and his will by our study of the word of God. And secondly, by asking the help of his spirit to help us crucify our flesh, deal with that part that just wants things just to please itself, uh, the flesh, and to align us with his, his will and his plans. Can, can God's will make you unhappy? Not if you come to it by the Spirit of God and by the Word of God. Uh, it won't make you unhappy. Um, they, what kind of father wants to make his children unhappy? And the moment you start to align yourself with God's will, I mean, take the example of uh, ultimate role model Jesus. You know, he's He's about to go to the cross. Nobody wants to go to the cross. Nobody wants to be crucified. And he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. And of course, his natu the, the natural part of him, because don't forget Jesus was, was, was deity but also man at the same time. And the reason he was that was if he was deity alone, then we can say, well, he's God, so nobody can do what he did. So he needed to be man submitted to the Spirit of God to show us what a person submitted and aided by the Spirit of God can do. And here he is in the Garden of Gethsemane and saying, look, looks towards the cross and says, it's too tough, God. Let this pass from me. Let this just pass from me. That was him in, in a natural sense as man. But then he says, but not my will, but your will. And then he receives grace from God to go to the cross in the strength of the Spirit of the Lord. Um, and that's how we, we make sure we align with God's will and we're not unhappy if it doesn't go uh, the way we would have wanted it to go. Aisha says, Pastor, please, can you encourage us with a prayer you have prayed that God has answered and what prayer you have prayed that God has not answered? Okay, there are many prayers I've prayed that God has answered. This, this, this I am absolutely 101% convinced that, that God's default mode is to answer prayers. That's my greatest encouragement to pray, that God will answer it. Too many, too many times has God told us. Uh, 
the, our scripture for the prayer shield, and I hope you're a part of the prayer shield. Uh, if you're not, you must become a part of it. Um, www.theprayershield.uk. Just go on there. Anyway, the prayer shield, Jeremiah 29, verse 12. Same, that's, that, that's God making, encouraging us. Je Jeremiah 33, verse 3. Just listen to what God says. Call unto me, and I will answer. What an assurance from God. He says, you just call. I will answer, and I will show you great and mighty things which you did not know. Uh, the golden rule of prayer, we call it. Um, um, uh, Matthew 7, verse 7. Simple. Ask, you shall receive. No ambiguity. Seek, and you shall find. No ambiguity. Knock, and the door shall be opened to you. And for, for, for emphasis, goes on to say, for anyone who asks, receives. Anyone who seeks, finds. Anyone who knocks, has the door opened to him. Such encouragement. And those who have done the studies say there are only three prayers in the Bible that are direct prayers that God did not answer. Yeah? Um, of course, the one we spoke about, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Aren't you glad that God didn't answer it? Because that's how you and I can have our relationship with God, because Jesus went to the cross. Paul, Paul's uh, prayer for the thorn to be removed from his sight. God didn't answer, but God, God didn't answer it the way Paul wanted, but God says to Paul, it's okay, I've heard you. you I'll give you grace to go through. Um, so we receive encouragement that God will answer our prayers. Now, personally for me, in my personal life, many prayers I have said, I've been encouraged as God has answered them. But easily the most precious to me was when um, a very close member, uh, per, per, a very close person in, in, in our family uh, was very ill, very, very, very ill. Um, and we petitioned heaven, we prayed to God, and God actually answered our prayers, um, and the person is healed and getting on with life. That was very precious to me um, because we really prayed and God answered our prayers. Uh, it, it's happened the other way as well where I've prayed and God um, said no because you see the thing with God is he will answer but he can answer yes, he can answer wait uh, so you're in, hold, in a holding position or he can answer no but answer he will and I remember and quite a number of you were part of the whole prayer effort when we prayed for Ify, um, to my late wife, to be, to be healed. Um, now, uh, uh, and and uh, uh, God said no, because obviously her time was up here on earth. Um, and so, yeah, we all, we'll all go through that. But what keeps us going is that we know whatever God says in answer to our prayer is said from his place of love, towards us, from his place of compassion and mercy towards us, from the ultimate place of an overall plan that includes both here and eternity. You know, I remember my, my mentor, uh, Dr. Onuzo, he, he always says this, and I, I find this very instructive. He says, um, and you know how Dr. Onuzo talks, imagine Brother John. So he says, imagine Brother John, uh, who uh, they, they look at his life, and he's doing so well as a Christian. He's, he's, he's the star in church. He's the deacon that is on the rise, young boy doing so well. But then they look into the future, and they see that this brother John that is doing so well is going to face certain circumstances up ahead that will cause him to go in the opposite direction and possibly lose, and lose his salvation, not, not spend eternity with God. So they take Brother John at 29 years old. Now, you and I don't know all the, all, all the parameters by which they allowed that decision for him to come home, whether by sickness, accident, whatever, because nothing happens unless God allows it. Jer uh, Lamentations 3, verse 37. And so we're saying, that, but God, where were you for Brother John? He was the star of the church. He was at every prayer meeting. He gave his offering, gave his tithes. He blessed everybody. You know, he, he read the word. He, you know, he was, he was rising to be, the, you know, the pastor or whoever in the church. But we don't know what God who sees the end from the beginning has seen and why he allowed what, what he allowed. Um, Emeka on YouTube. P.I., thank you so much for your sermons on the journey into God's promises. Please, when are you turning the message into a book? Rebecca, uh, there, there are a few books that I need to deliver first. Just pray for me. Um, I, have a, I have a contract with, uh, with Hoda, 
God help me, I've had it for I don't know how many years. It's a very precious thing to get a contract from Hodder and Stoughton. They are the biggest publishers, um, one of the top two publishers. I have a contract with them. I signed it. They paid me an advance many years ago. I used the advance to take my family on holiday and spent the advance. I still haven't given them a manuscript. It's a two-book contract. So, Emeka, I have to write two books for Hodder before I write God's promises. So, Emeka, your prayer for me is that by the end of this year, I must deliver two manuscripts to Hodder so that I can go on and write other things. It's a matter of integrity as well because I've taken their money and I've spent their money taking my family on holiday. So uh, I have to deliver these manuscripts to them. Uh, Tawanda, and Tawanda, thank you for all you do with, with all the stuff around social media for this church. You're such a blessing. Okay, Tawanda, hello, Pastor Agu. How do you avoid becoming distracted while you are actually praying? Uh, in, good question, because our minds tend to wander, but I do a couple of things. Um, I pray a lot in the Spirit, um, and I think that's a real blessing, because the beauty about play, praying in the Spirit is that you don't, know, you don't really know what you're praying about with any certainty. You can think, okay, um, let, me pray for, let me pray for my family, but really, uh, God needs prayers for the nation, so you're praying in tongues, and God takes the prayers and directs it to the nation. But how do I prevent myself get, from getting distracted? I, I, I jot things down, or I note things, because if something comes into my mind that wants to distract me, I just note it down, and I just find, you just find generally, once you note it, it down, it goes out, 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 of the, out of the way. And if I find that the distractions are too many, um, I then start to pray in the Spirit, or I start, uh, Tawanda, to pray scriptures. So I, I read a scripture, I keep my eyes on the scripture, I start praying about the scripture. Um, those things help me not to be distracted. Um, Ozzy on JHTV says, what journey do you think God is taking us through as a church in this pandemic? Well, I think it's taking us through um, certain things generally as the world. Uh, I think, firstly, he's humbling a lot of powers. Um, people who thought they had the solutions to everything uh, have, have to accept that they don't have the solution. Uh, secondly, he's raising our prayer level. Um, the, para, the, the, the level of prayer has gone through, the, has, has risen so high, um, there has been more engagement with the spiritual uh, than there has been at any time in my lifetime, Ozean, in your lifetime. Um, so that is happening. Uh, thirdly, he's working out his plans and his purposes. And you know, one thing I have come to accept and understand, and I would like to say this to you all, is that God's ways, as the prophet Isaiah says, God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. So I tend not to take a position anymore based on what I think, my emotions, or my sentiments. It, it, that's just irrelevant because the way God will work it out will not necessarily be the way that I think it should be worked out. His ways are not our ways. So I think we're learning that. Um, Kyra says, uh, Morning, Pastor, when we receive prophetic words and dreams, what is our role in their manifestation? Very good. I think our role is to, uh, if I tell you what Shola and I do, we receive prophetic words and dreams, we put them, uh, we put them away on the shelf, we note them, um, and firstly, we check them by our spirit. To, if we feel by this, that, and that's the fail-safe way God has given us to make sure we don't derail. Uh, he says, test it. We test it by our spirits. If we feel it is God, we allow it to become part of our prayer life without being focused on it to the, sense, to the extent that it becomes a distraction. Um, and then we wait for God to work it out. Uh, and the Spirit of God will prompt you if more prayer is needed in case it, it might involve a birthing kind of thing or if it's just something you bring to God constantly in prayer as you continue with what God has given you to do. Um, the battle of Amalek was about God responding to their prayers. What about a situation where one has been praying but feels God is not responding? Well, I take encouragement from all that the Bible says about prayer. Um, I take encouragement that there is a time lag between when we pray and when God answers the prayer. I remember Daniel. Um, from the moment he prayed, uh, uh, his was 21 days. It could have been 21 months. It could have been 21 years. It could have been, you know, 21 weeks. Uh, <laughs> from the moment he prayed, uh, God 
answered his prayer. That's what God promised. But then there was a contention in the spirit realm that stopped the angel that was Daniel, the 10th chapter, stopped the angel that was bringing the answer from bringing the answer immediately. And these things happen. If you look at Job, there was a conversation in heaven that took place. There was a, uh, it says there was a day in heaven, there was a day on earth. And I realized there's that time lag, so I keep praying. And lastly, I receive encouragement from Luke 18, verse 1. This is Jesus' main uh, teaching, encouraging us to pray. He says, men should always pray and not get faint, weary, tired, lose heart, or give up. And then he gives a very wonderful story that encourages us to pray. He says, if this widow could get this judge who was so wicked and evil to answer her prayers, how much more will your father in heaven answer your prayers and encourages us to give him uh, no rest as we continue to petition him with our prayers. The Bible says, honor your mother and father and long life shall be your portions. In times of trial, misunderstanding and hurt, I have dishonored my mother with my words. I have since repented from this sin and sought forgiveness from my mother and asked for forgiveness from God. Should there be more I should do to, to counter my actions regarding this Bible verse? No, there isn't more. You know, the, 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 the beauty is that we are, God has given us grace. Let's not allow the enemy to put more of a burden on us than we should carry. You've done the right thing. You've, you've, you've recant, recounted, recounted the words. You've uh, repented of it. You've asked for forgiveness. Your mother's granted you forgiveness. It's all done. It's under the blood. Uh, move on with your life. Growing up, I always wondered why the Israelites were always complaining. However, I think this year I have found myself relating to them more. While I have still tuned into church, to be honest, I feel I get less and less each week due to the lack of separation from work, church, home, given the current situation. What are practical ways to stay on this journey and keep the fire going? A very good question, especially as we come into a lockdown. Um, and uh, Moyo, Moyo uh, what, you're, what you're saying is what a lot of us have, are going through and have gone through. Um, the beauty of a, a family, a church family, is that we gather together. We encourage each other physically. When we meet physically, uh, we can touch each other. And it's, it's, the contact is, is more real than a virtual contact. But then these are the circumstances we are faced with. So what do we do? We, we take advantage of what exists. Um, virtual is better than nothing. So we create uh, communities virtually. We engage in that virtual sense. Um, we make sure that we are in touch with one another, that contact is kept up. Uh, we encourage ourselves by the Word of God. And critically, Moyo, we ask the Spirit of God to help us. Don't forget, Moyo, that what God says is, I will give you a helper. So a helper is someone who helps. So I'm in a situation where I need help to keep this fire going. I need help to keep my relationship burning at the right intensity. Then it's the Holy Spirit, come and help me, and he will help me. And I want to say, uh, Moyo, to you or anyone else, please make sure you cry out. Don't let the enemy isolate you. If you're feeling the pressure, cry out. We have ample opportunity, ample provision in church from what Dr. Zoe does with counseling, with Pastor Denrily, great counseling ministry, to all the pastors and pastoral care, to the heads of the teams, um, to the deacons and deaconesses, a tight network to the great team in member services that Morenica heads. You know, there, there's a ample opportunity for you to reach out to someone, uh, tight knots and all they do with marriages. Don't let the enemy isolate you, whatever happens. Speak to someone and help will come. Amen. God bless you. Can you lose your salvation? Topical question. Um, my own take on it, and it's, it's a very topical and controversial uh, question. My own take on it is that if you're given a gift, you can throw the gift away, reject the gift, spurn the gift. And so my answer to that is yes, I believe that you can if you intentionally, willfully, deliberately uh, turn your back on God, 
do everything that he says you shouldn't do, break every rule that he says, or ultimately I believe you can. Some people don't agree. Some people think once saved and all saved, but I don't agree with that. Um, I feel that you can intentionally, deliberately uh, turn your back on God, and that will be the, the, the end result when you do so. Uh, blessings, P.I. God answers prayers which can sometimes be a no. How can we know it's a no? We've been praying for singles for years now and nothing has happened. Would that be a no? I wouldn't say it's a no until God says definitely it's a no. Um, uh, I would keep praying about it uh, and just believe God. Shola and I were celebrating um, uh, uh, a very close friend of hers who got married. Um, she's, she's, she's in her 50s and she just got married. And we're celebrating that. I mean, she could, have, she could have said it was a no at 48 or 49, but that's the plan that God has for her. So I think until God says no, um, until you're certain in your heart that God has said, said no, without being hung up on it, without making it define your life, uh, without making it stop your life, um, I think it's something that we should keep bringing before God. And we have some wonderful testimonies um, of, of that happening. But the key is not to let it define your life. Don't let it steal your joy. Uh, don't let it uh, stop you from living uh, or anything like that. Um, Pastor, I... Okay, um, I believe I'm born again, but I'm scared of death as sometimes I'm unsure about what happens after we die. Please, how can I encourage myself to believe in life after death? Okay, before I take that last, that, that will be my last question. Um, there's a question I was asked in the first service, and I'm not, I can't remember the, the nature of the question, um, but I, I felt it was something that I wanted to say um, because sometimes people misinterpret what you say uh, and take it, you know, almost literally. So, you know, I know I say a lot that um, I don't do fear and I don't do sadness and I don't do all that. So I was having a conversation with our daughter and she was saying to me that she, she knows me, you know, and she knows that it, it's not my mode. I, do, I just don't do all those things. And she was saying to me, Dad, you have to admit that you are weird. You are peculiar, different, you know, and you can't expect that everybody will be like you. Um, she says, you know, are, are, are people not allowed to be sad? You know, are people not allowed to be afraid? And it led us to have a two-hour conversation, wonderful conversation. And, and part of the encouragement for me in that conversation was uh, how she encouraged me by what she has seen me do. You know, we can put up a front of, uh, on stage, but it's really what those who see you off the platform, how you live your life, that's the real life. Um, and she was saying that this is how I've seen you, and I admired, but, you know, I mean, she was saying that for her, how is she going to get there? And I now had to explain to her that it is not that I don't have fear. It is not that I, I haven't dealt with circumstances that have made me sad. Um, it is certainly not that I don't get angry. That one is one that we're dealing with even, even now. But it is that I have a worldview, and this is what I encourage everybody to have, a worldview that is determined by this Bible. And so that worldview forms a prism through which I pass all the circumstances that I go through in life. And so when it goes in on this side, it comes out on the other side different in the sense that what comes out on the other side is now colored by the Word of God and by what God says and who God is. So when fear comes, and fear does come, I mean, it doesn't take a place in my life frequently, but now and again, I have encountered fear that I know has got in, in, into my life. Um, I remember at the start of, uh, of the pandemic, for whatever reason, you know, I just found I was afraid. You know, a bit of the fear was about me, but a lot of the fear was about my loved ones um, and about the church. You know, somehow the enemy had, had managed to get into my mind space and was really telling me with certainty that you're going to lose so many of your loved ones, your, your, some of your siblings, and you're going to lose so many members of the church that you love, and you are going to have an issue. And I became afraid. 
So much so that Shola noticed that, Agu, this is not you normally. She was actually confused in a sense that this is not you normally. And I, I just, I realized that I'm, I'm afraid. This thing the enemy has told me has got into my system. You know, I would phone my sister and she would cough on the phone and I would just feel fear. And so I went to God and I told God, I said, God, you know I'm afraid. Forget all, there's no ma ma machismo now. I am afraid. So I need help. And God said to me simply, uh, just bring that fear to me, give it to me. And it was like, like that. As I gave him the fear, God, I bring my fears, I bring my fears. I just suddenly found that he gave me suddenly his spirit that took me out of that place. Now, so what I, what I was saying to Noni and what I'm saying to you is that those things might come, but because I passed them through this prism very quickly, um, as one of my spiritual daughters said to me, the difference is that your turnaround time is very quick, and that's it. My turnaround time is very quick. So if fear comes, I'm not going to sit there, let it linger, uh, uh, entertain it, accommodate it. No, fear has come. I need to go to God because somehow these things got in. If sadness comes, I'm not going to be sad for weeks and months and years and a lifetime. Absolutely not. Once I sense that heaviness has come, I'm going to take it to God very quickly, pass it through this prism, and it's going to come out on the other side. Because inside this prism are many things that will help me deal with it. Things like uh, God is in control. All things work together for good. Things like God knows the end from the beginning. Things like God loves me. Things like I am precious, the apple of his eye. Uh, things like he will walk through the, he will go through the, 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 the fire, fire with me. He will go through the storm with me. He will be the fourth man in the fire. By the time I pass it through all those things, it comes out on this side and it's no longer fear. Um, and, and so that's how, I, that's how I deal with those things even when they come. The key, don't let it stay. Amen? Okay, and I take Amina's question as the last question and then we are done. Um, I, I believe, Pastor, I believe I'm born again, but I am scared of death as sometimes I am unsure about what happens after we die. Please, how can I encourage myself to believe in life after death? Amina, your encouragement comes primarily from the Word of God. Uh, if you are a Christian and you believe this Bible, you have no choice because of the many examples, a lot of them said by Jesus himself, uh, that tell us that there is life after death. It tells us that uh, it's an appointment with death at a time chosen by God because Lamentations 3 verse 37, it can't happen without God saying so. So, I mean, I don't be afraid of dying. You can't die one minute before God says it is time for you to come home. Uh, and I mean, also to encourage you that for us as Christians, death is not an end in itself. Uh, it's not a finality because when we die, our bodies are put in the ground, our spirits go back to God, our souls continue to live on, and your soul is really the real you. It goes on to live with God in eternity. Um, and that's the beauty for you and I as Christians, that we go on to an eternity with God. But then the Bible makes clear that there are other souls that will sadly go on to an eternity separated from God in a place that was not designed for us. It was designed as the final holding place for Satan and his demons, hell. Um, and the way to make sure that that it, it doesn't happen, um, to use Christian speak, it won't be your portion. The way to make sure is to have settled the issue of your relationship with God. Uh, and so as I end, I want to give you that opportunity to settle that issue of your relationship with God. Once you've settled it, uh, then you can rest assured that when the time comes for you to depart this world, and that time will come for every single one of us at, at a time appointed by God himself. Hence, my lack of fear for death. Because when it happens, it won't happen because Satan suddenly struck. It will happen because God has said, your assignment here is finished and it's time to come home. That's why Paul says, um, 
um, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. What was he saying? He was saying, you know, there's so much gain in going to be with God, but to live is Christ, which means to live is to fulfill God's purposes here on earth. And then it's time to depart, to go to an eternity with God. And doesn't Jesus paint beautiful pictures about that eternity? The Bible paints pictures of streets paved with gold, nonstop worship people of all nations. Um, the Bible paints a beautiful picture of mansions that you didn't build that Jesus says, I'm going to prepare for you. Uh, that tells us there is an afterlife. There is heaven and there is hell. Uh, we must believe that if we believe this Bible. So how do I make sure that I, I don't end up in the wrong place? By making sure that I have accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, accepted the gift of salvation, and that guarantees my, my passageway into an eternity with God. And you know, eternity means it never stops, it's forever. Um, and so as I end, I want to give an opportunity to anyone who hasn't done that. You haven't settled this issue. You know, I grew up in an insurance household. Um, my father is an insurance man. Uh, and I understand insurance. I understand uh, paying a premium to mitigate against a risk that might become a reality. So what is the premium we pay to mitigate, to prevent the, the reality of us going to hell from taking place? The premium that we pay has been paid on your behalf. This is free insurance to insure your eternity with God. The premium was high, very high premium. You couldn't have paid it yourself. So Jesus paid it with his life for you. Now, he's handing you the insurance certificate. All you've got to do is take the insurance certificate. That's all you've got to do. Put it away, and then when the eventuality happens, that is death, uh, then you, your certificate guarantees that you go to an eternity with God because the price has been paid, so you cannot end up in hell. Um, and so if anybody wants to receive that uh, today, I would love to pray with you. I want to settle it once and for all, that when the time comes, I will be with God in eternity. You do so by receiving the gift of salvation, uh, by taking advantage of all the premiums paid of the insurance that is being offered to you. And so if you want to do so, why don't you say this prayer with me? You want to give your life to Jesus, assure your, your eternity with God and receive the help that is necessary to live life to the fullest, uh, the abundance of life, the Bible calls it. You want to make sure those two things are settled. Well, you want to receive this gift of salvation. How do you do it? Simple prayer that I'm about to lead you to pray, to open up your heart and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So will you do that? Just open up your heart now and say this prayer with me. You want to settle this once and for all. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the gift of salvation, that because he died on the cross for me, as I receive that gift today, I am saved and guaranteed an eternity with you. And so, Father, I open up my heart and receive your son, Jesus, into my heart as my Lord and Savior. I pray, Lord, that you will give me the grace to turn away from anything that is sinful as I embrace a life that is pleasing to you. I thank you, Lord, for receiving me into your, into your family. I declare you are my father. I am your child. I am now a member of your household and your family. In Jesus' name, amen. Simple prayer. And that's all because the, the premium has been paid. You don't have to pay anything. You just have to accept it. Now, if you said that prayer and you accepted him as Lord and Savior, the heavens, the angels are actually, the Bible tells us, celebrating in heaven. Congratulations. Well, I hope that um, question and answer answered some, some of the questions. I know we could not answer all the questions. Impossible if thousands of people are sending in questions for us to answer all the questions. Um, so what we're, we're, we, we, after the first service, we saw loads of questions and we're trying to figure out how we can answer them uh, because if those questions were asked, they're on people's hearts, uh, how we can answer them and put them on one of our portals or one of our platforms 
where people can access the answers. And we'll let you know um, as, uh, as we decide how we're going to do that. Amen and amen. I pray that this lockdown will be the most productive period of your life. Uh, I pray that God will shame the enemy, that at a time when he expects that you will be harassed, harangued, you will be unproductive, the best of your life will come forth in the, in the weeks of this lockdown in the name of Jesus Christ. God bless you.